Hello, and welcome to Bit Parade, the podcast where we play hits and flops from video game history and transform them into song. I'm Mike Petrie, and with me as always is my friend, collaborator, and favorite subterranean prison alien buddy, Eli Bolin. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks for tuning into episode three. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you all here with us in our ears, and we're here in your ears, and it's very pleasurable for everybody. <laughs> it is. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Did you have a good week, Eli? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good week. Uh, I have to say. I mean, it's it's been pretty cold here. Oh, sure. Which is here you know too. not not great. Nobody nobody. It's I'm ready for a spring, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and you know the it's it's weird you know being March and everything and the anniversary. It's a little traumatic, you know, being the totally the one year anniversary of the the pandemic is is upon us. Yeah, I've definitely been feeling that sort of just wait uh, the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. I'm glad we've got kind of, you know, we've got these games to keep our minds off of things for a little bit. Yeah, to kill the, to kill the sweet, sweet pain. <laughs> the sweet pain. I'm getting the, uh, on. I had like an on this day alert for my... Oh, those are the worst. iPhotos uh, from like the photos on my phone yesterday. And I was like, because I, like, I I don't always get them, but it's like suge- suggested memory for you. And I opened it up, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is like me hanging out with my family uh, during the last normal week of the year. <laughs> just hugs all around, uh, like hanging out, like going to the frozen yogurt shop, just like normal, <laughs> dropping my son off at school. Yeah, last February, I uh, actually I went to the Dominican Republic for about a week. Mm. So I got these lovely travel photos of uh sunshine and and you know beers all around. Man. And uh yeah, and since then it's just been right here in Hell's Kitchen. Yep. <laughs> the same room. Yeah, I love I love being in in uh in my house in New Jersey <laughs> every day for 12 months. It's a good time. Jersey's the best place to write out a pandemic. That's what I always say. It is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, the basement's pretty tricked out. That's good. Yeah, you know, it'll it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Well, why don't we move on to our uh, next segment, Um Whatcha Playin'? Um Whatcha So, Eli, what have you been playing? Well, you know, I, I, I'm still deep in... Uh, New Leaf, Animal Crossing New Leaf, which I talked about last time. Yeah. And it being, as I said, the slow burn that it is, it it just uh, rewards that deep, that deep regular play. Yeah, there are games you date and there are games you marry. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm, I'm definitely in a long-term relationship with this game. <laughs> and I think um, last time we spoke, I was uh, looking forward to my first K.K. Slider concert. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, it was great, man. I, uh, that guy's got some really, there's some good music in that game, I have to say. Yeah, it's unironically just very good. Every song is just melodically, just sound. Yeah, it's weird hearing the, um, the, the dog's voice takes a little something to get, it takes a little time to get used to, for sure. But once you get over that hill, uh, the, the song, the music itself is actually, some of it is, is actually very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And my Mike Mike and I are members of this uh group on Facebook called Broadway Gamers and I even I found an acoustic cover someone did of of one of the songs. Oh, that's right. That I posted. That's that's really lovely. I'm sure there there got to be thousands of those. So many covers. There's yeah, if you go on on uh YouTube, there's so many. I mean, the, 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 there's like 90 plus songs in there. Wow. Which is which is crazy. So I, I last night I settled in for another another one. There's something very comforting about it, like oh, you like I'm gonna go into uh, into Animal Crossing after eight o'clock on Saturday yeah. night and just see what uh, old KK's up to. <laughs> yeah, or, just have yourself a concert, request some songs, and uh, yeah, it's nice. I've sort of there's all sorts of aspects of the game that I'm not interested in, like accumulating like like fashion and like kinds of certain kinds of accessories for my home and like 
I don't care about getting like the biggest house sure. or whatever, or, like making like the most beautiful fountain. I kind of like, I wanted my nightclub and I've almost got my coffee shop. Oh, sure, sure. I feel like once I have that, I'll, like that's kind of it for me. I think when I play that, I I just got the, the coffee shop right before I stopped playing. So I didn't really get to enjoy the coffee shop. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I feel like uh, I just want to like make the things that I would hang out at in in the real world. Yeah. Since I can't I can't really do that in real life. I've kind of had a similar experience this past week. I started playing a game that I've played before a couple times, but uh it's called Stardew Valley. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have heard of it and I it it looks like something I would probably enjoy. I think you would. If if you enjoy Animal Crossing, it's it's very similar. I think it's a more focused game and there's, it's more focused, but also it feels a lot bigger too. Mm-hmm. So that there are certain goals you can focus on if you want to. And, you know, you can give gifts to people. There are a lot of people in your town that you talk to. Uh, it's not as like, if you replay the game, it's the same characters every time, unlike Animal Crossing. But I don't know. It's to me, this was a very comforting game to go back to. To like, once you replay, you sort of know all the moves, you know, how to best make your farm work, you know, how to get your animals and milk them properly and get them all taken care of. And this has been very satisfying, but also to like give gifts to people and, and make the community center grow again. That's a, during a pandemic, that's very satisfying. That does sound nice. Sounds very, it does sound very soothing. Yeah. I, I did have a thing though, where after, um, we taped the last episode two weeks ago that then I, I didn't play for like a week oh. and I went back in, I went back in I, that was, that was a mistake on my part. And one of my favorite villagers had, had just moved out. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I, I was like, why? Cause usually they like say like, I'm thinking about moving out and then you have a chance to like talk them into staying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was just gone. <laughs> oh man. And had left, sucks. he had sent me a letter saying like i'm so sad to go like i'll miss you so much it's like oh, you, you didn't miss me that much you're yeah gone in less than a week i i had a similar experience when i played new leaf where uh, a villager left you know unbeknownst to me and he was my favorite i think his name was filbert he was a duck but then he uh he came back in in new horizons when i played it so i was like filbert i haven't it's been like 5 or 6 years man it's great to see you <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did get a new villager though a couple days ago, so I was pretty excited about that. He like came to my campground, and I like convinced him to move to my town. Yeah, which was that's nice. Cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like I can't I can't like really hang out with people, so it's like, <laughs> which I think is why Animal Crossing is like so popular right now. Oh, totally, and really, it made such. It kind of came along at the right time. The the Switch version. Are you still playing? Uh, are you still playing uh, Mario World 3D? We are. We are playing Mario. Uh, yeah, Mario 3D World. But um, 3D World. I, I, I had to because um, uh, my son Walter and my wife Allison, I guess have have really done the lion's share of the plane, and I've I've done some filling in uh, <laughs> to like get some of the the st- the green stars that they haven't haven't gotten. Sure. But um, I. Uh, they they've done most of the work and have gotten to all of the. I didn't realize that there's once you beat the game, there's still like multiple additional worlds. Oh, cool, cool. So that like you beat Bowser, but then there's like there's like what they call like World Star, World Mushroom, and World Flower. Oh, okay. um, and then and then there's there's another world called World Crown, which we have not unlocked because to do that you need every green star. You need every stamp, and then I think you have to like wow. beat like every world using like every character. <laughs> wow! And then you get World Crown, which has like three levels in it, and they're like the hardest levels in the game. That's that's a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we also started uh, a replay of Luigi's Mansion Three in my house. Oh, awesome! Because my my three year old Harry saw a. Um, we have like a Luigi's Mansion 3 tote bag, which we got as like an extra when we bought the game. Oh, cool. A couple of years ago. And he just saw it and he started mm-hmm. pointing at the bag and he's like, that one, that one, play that one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so we started a, a replay of that. And then Walter for um, 
for his birthday last year, uh, a friend of mine from college who uh, used to build uh, props. And he's a he's a I mean he's an artist and and he doesn't do any of this for his job now but he's he's like super brilliant. I hired him to for Walter's birthday. He built a, a poltergeist. Oh, I think I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, it's on it's on Walter's uh, Instagram page at Walter's Nintendo World. If any listeners are interested in seeing a six year old, it's really good. He does reviews. It's a whole thing. Yeah, it's all all kinds of Nintendo stuff. <laughs> and so um, now Harry likes to wear it while we play Luigi's Mansion 3 and pretend to suck up the ghosts while That's very Walter's cool. sucking up the ghosts in the game. Oh man, I got to get one of those. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. That That's game a great is game. that game is yeah, it's it's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. It it gets hard pretty quickly, I find anyway. I I mainlined that when it came out uh and yeah, I had a good time. And so did my girlfriend, uh she liked it a lot. But she liked it so much she didn't want to finish it hmm. that she didn't want it to be over. <laughs> so it's <laughs> kind of left it hanging. Um, I'm also fascinated by whatever language it is that uh, Egad, Professor Egad speaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like my kids like to speak in it because it's not, it's not Japanese. It's some kind of weird gibberish. Yeah, it's kind of like Japanese times French times Simlish or something. Mm-hmm. He says suka suka a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that sounds like a vacuum cleaner sort of. I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. And what are you what else are you playing? Um a couple things I'll probably just mention uh I've been playing Mario Galaxy. Basically, I really want to get 3D World or Mario World 3D mm-hmm. and 3D World. That's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um but I am notorious for for buying these remakes and these classic games, these remasters, and playing them for an hour and not doing anything with them. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I just bought this Mario 3D All-Stars game a couple months ago and did the same thing. So I'm going to commit to beating Mario Galaxy at the very least of these three games. And my reward for that will be uh, Mario 3D World. I think that's my favorite of those three. Yeah, I think me too. And I did actually, I did start up a Mario Galaxy game on that, and then I kind of, I kind of abandoned it, which I didn't think I would do because I was so excited for it to come out. Yeah. And then I, I like, I, I played it for like less than a week, and then I, I don't know what I moved on to. I probably just went back and played more Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, should we move on to talk about the game that we played this week for the podcast? Yes, let's do it. Okay, this is this is this is a big one. Uh, this is this game is called. It has a couple names. Um, I know it as Out of This World. I originally played this on Super Nintendo back in the day, but I think the sort of official name for it now is Another World, and that's the original name. Because uh, apparently, when the game was released in, well, it was released on uh, the Am- Amiga and Atari uh, ST, the, like the home computer Atari, in 1991, and was ported to Super Nintendo in 1992. Um, but here in the U.S., there was, a, you know, there was a soap opera called Another World, so they didn't want to call it that, so they named oh, it Out of This World. That's why they did it. Although at the time there was a science fiction sitcom called Out of This World. I remember that show. Yeah, so just uh weird crossovers all around. <clears throat> and I actually, you know, my we had an Atari ST in my house, which I, oh, I think cool. I may have mentioned on an on an earlier podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I realized that that was the like the home computer mm-hmm. Atari. Oh, cool. And the Amiga is is what was I think is that made by Commodore? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it was kind of the precursor to the Commodore 64, which I think that's what my family had. We had a Commodore 64 at some point, though we didn't have a ton of games for it. Yeah, I think Commodore 64 was like the early 80s like gaming system, and then Amiga was like like came later and was like their their attempt to like get into like home computing. I see. With like, you know, the whole like all the usual like word processing and spreadsheet. BS, you know? Yeah. We had, 
I, I remember it as being a Commodore 160 or a 128, like double one, double <laughs> 64. So I don't know if that's the same thing or was, I, I don't hear people talk about the Commodore 128 very much. I guess, is that how many like kilobytes of RAM it had? Yes, I think I think you're right. Wow. I think with the Commodore 64, for sure, that's that's what it was. Yeah, I know what we had was was the Atari 1040 ST, and there was also oh. the Atari 520, and I think that was also like how much RAM it had. So we had the one that was like a megabyte of RAM, and then there was the one that was like half a megabyte of RAM. So we had the what like having the one that had a whole megabyte of RAM was like a big deal. Yeah, totally. I remember in high school, like going out and buying like, like four megs for my PC, so that I could make Doom go faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like cutting. That felt edge. like a huge deal. It was also like a huge deal. I remember on ours that like it had the um the hard three and a half inch, uh, oh yeah, discs yeah. as opposed to the like, upgrade from the the floppies, like yeah, the five the, five the, and a quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now I have. 32 gigs of ram in my current computer yeah same it's like crazy like i remember um how like pc monitors like went from like cga to ega to vga oh sure sure so it was just like two color to 16 color or like four color to or whatever yeah. it was to 16 color to 256 color and like what a huge deal that was oh sure it's funny. I think we went from we had that Commodore, but then we ended up getting, uh, I guess, a Mac Classic, which was, I guess, a precursor to the iMac because it was a little box of a Macintosh and it had a black and white screen. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty small, but it felt like an upgrade because it had a mouse. You know, it felt like yeah, it had more. It, I mean, it had more of an operating system than the the Commodore did. Yeah, man, I love those old computers. I remember the in uh, like junior high school, in our library, there was like a little computer lab corner, and it was filled with um, not filled with. There was like three of them, Apple IIe's, and you know those just I believe just had like um, green. Oh, sure, sure. It was just black and green. <laughs> That's all you need for Oregon Trail, baby. Yeah, man. That's all <laughs> you need, and then and then the computer lab. There was um, those old, you know, Macintoshes with the tiny black and white screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, they were great, man. There's a, a game called uh, Return of the Oberdin, which you can you can play on Switch, but it's on you know, every platform now. It's just a couple of years old, but it has like an art style, like a like a two bit art style where it's just black and white. And so even though like the game moves in 3D, it really looks it's kind of stylized after uh, you know, graphics from, from like an old Mac like that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. What was that? There was like, um, a thing you could do on those old Macs where like, uh, it was something that like we did in like computer lab in junior high school where you could like build your own, you know, programs and I'm doing programs in quotes where, um, you would, it was sort of like almost like, like flashcards that you could like connect to each other hypercard hypercard that's it yeah man i loved hypercard i i think we had it on our mac but i never learned how to use it like i think i i tried opening it up a couple times and it would freeze on a certain screen so i could never get it to work but i i think the game mist was originally programmed in hypercard oh wow yeah like something about how it's you know, all the the screens are just kind of connected to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that it was just a good system for that game. Man, Mist. Yeah, I remember Mist was so was so so cutting edge and was you know just just pictures. Yeah, that is a game. I don't know if it's aged super well, but I do go back and play it every couple of years. It's it it holds a special place in my heart. I never I never got super far in it. Yeah, I I would keep going. Obtuse. I would keep going back to it. But I, I would just get stuck again and again. And this is, you know, before I played it when it first came out. And this is before there was a lot of access to. Oh sure, sure. Uh, you know, there's no walkthroughs or anything where you could just like go onto YouTube and and like watch somebody play it. Yeah. So it was really hard to. I I found like I think like you know some, uh, ASCII documents. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of hard obtuse games, mm-hmm. uh, let's yeah, let's talk about uh, another world or out of this world. Uh, I think we might just call it another world for the rest of this episode. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in addition to the Amiga and Atari ST, this eventually came to, like we said, Super Nintendo, but also Genesis, Game Boy Advance, Sega CD. And there have been anniversary editions that have come out. And so now you can play this on your phone. Uh, and I, for this podcast, I played it on Switch, which I bought like, you know, two years ago, just because I remembered this game and loved it. Some other games that came out in 91 are Zelda Link to the Past, uh, Street Fighter 2, Battletoads, Final Fantasy 4, uh, Metroid 2 on Game Boy, and Duke Nukem. I the, like the original PC Duke Nukem. Yeah. I was all over that. Those games like Duke Nukem <laughs> and like Commander Keen. Oh, Commander Keen. I remember that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I played all those. And of yeah, course, Link to, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original Wolfenstein. Yeah. I had all those on my computer at home. Yeah, that's a good one. The new Wolfensteins are pretty good too. Oh, I haven't played any of those. Yeah, it's uh, they're like still like first person shooters, but they uh, have just very well told stories. Like shockingly. Oh, not yeah, because like, the original. I really don't like shooters, but mm-hmm. if if it has a good story, I'll, I will play it. And I heard enough good things about it. Yeah, because the original doesn't really have. No, you're just shooting Nazis. <laughs> you're just shooting Nazis. Yeah. Is it do you like kill Hitler at the end? I think he is the final boss. He's like robot Hitler. Man. That's yeah. that wild. <laughs> yeah. Another world was developed by one dude, kind of like Marble Badness. It was developed by this guy named Eric Chahi. Mm-hmm. Um it was published by Delphine Studios. And this guy basically like, you know, slaved over this game by himself for two years and only got help making the music mm-hmm. by a friend of his named John Francois uh, Freitas, Freitas, um, both obviously French. Sure. Um, and I mean, he, Eric Chahi, like even did the box art for the game. He was that like kind of obsessively involved with making this, this vision that he had. Um, but the game is, I don't know, the game, is, it looks so different than anything else that came out around that time. Cause it's it's using like uh like vector graphics mm-hmm. which is kind of a precursor i guess to like 3d pol- like polygonal graphics um which he figured out like he was inspired by seeing the the amiga port of dragon's lair which kind of did a similar thing and realized that he could you know make these complicated uh very detailed graphics on the system but using a very a small amount of memory space because instead of like programming like a bitmap where it's every single pixel is accounted for mm-hmm. like each object just has like three or four points and the program just knows oh fill the space with between the points with color oh yes 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 i i, I know exactly what you're talking about because there were like other i like flight simulator games i feel like had that kind of yeah like vector yeah. graphics because i i had some of those like on our <laughs> atari st yeah and there's like an old like there's like a tank game i think on older computers i forget what it's called but kind of had a similar thing where mm-hmm. you're like in the cockpit of a tank and yeah everything is moving towards you in 3d motion which i mean that looked just mind-blowing in early 90s late 80s um and he also used a uh He's a process called rotoscoping, which is used like when people make cartoons too, which is basically like doing every frame of animation based on like a real life video, sort of like overlaying it. Yeah. Yeah. So the the opening sequence of this game is really is like a five minute cinematic sequence of the main character like driving up, stepping out of his car. Mm-hmm. And going down into a secret lab, it's really longer than it needs to be. You're just watching it. Yeah, I, I was shocked at how long it went on for. Yeah, it's longer than I remember it, but it was really impressive to me, you know, in 1992 or 93, whenever I played this, um, especially to see it on the Super Nintendo, which was just kind of butting up, you know, with 3D graphics, like in games like Pilot Wings or, you know, Overworlds for Final Fantasy games. I don't know, to see the amount of detail in this game 
uh, it's really cool. And there's a there's a part later in the game where he's playing with different f- like field of view stuff where your character is kind of moving on one screen and you see a bunch of enemies like moving down in front of you like or, or they're almost like closer to the camera. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. Yeah, that's pretty advanced I think for yeah. for the the time. Yeah. Um Yeah, so who so the main character of this game we touched on uh you play Lester Knight Shaken uh Shaken, yeah, Shaken, uh, a genius physicist, and you're blasted into this quote unquote another world when lightning strikes your lab as you're testing out this particle accelerator. Um, and basically, you get captured by aliens, you uh, wake up in a, a cage with this other alien captive whose name we just people just call him Buddy because <laughs> he's your buddy, and uh. The two of you have to escape this this prison compound. And I think it's important to note that the game doesn't tell you any of this. Like you you oh, see no. all you see all this cinematic stuff, but there's there's really no way to know. I think maybe there's like a little bit of text in the beginning that that tells you his name, possibly. Yeah, you you have like a supercomputer when you're doing your right. when he's doing his uh his lab experiments and says, Hello, doctor. Dr. Shaken or, or yeah. Lester. I see you've driven your Ferrari because it sees the, the key in his pocket. Yeah, but it gives you, the game gives you so little information really Yeah, about like, it. it well, I, th- I think the idea of the game is like they want you to feel like him. Like you're thrown into this other, you're thrown into this situation and you have no idea what's going on, where you are, what's happening, who anyone is. Uh, and it does. It, it is successful in that regard because totally. And he's not a hero either. He's not like he doesn't have any powers. Right. He's like really just a dude. So you do feel <laughs> very much like him, and you're you're trapped in this world, and you have to figure out what button does which. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this game, you you will die a lot. Yeah. In this game. And I I so I played um the same remaster as you. I didn't play it on the Switch. I played mm-hmm. the um the 3DS. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, I played it on the 3DS, but it is it is the same. It's the same version that you played. Sure. So sure. it has like like upgraded graphics, and you can press a button to toggle back and forth between the original and the yeah. and the upgraded graphics. That was cool. Um, and one of the things I was reading about it is that this version uh, has more save spots. So if you die, it doesn't send you back yeah, as yeah. far as the original, uh, which I I can only imagine how frustrating the original totally was because you know this this still would you know sometimes I didn't get sent back that far and sometimes I was like oh my god like I have to do like the last several minutes again yeah, yeah. and right. you, and you do die a lot because as as I'm sure you know it's this game it's the sort of game where it's all about doing things like very precisely like you have to stand in like this exact spot to execute like these three jumps run turn around like shoot this guy duck yeah then like drop down this passageway and you have to do it all <laughs> in with exact timing from like exact body placement or or you die and then you have to do the whole thing again yeah it's it's frustrating because you feel like there's it's impossible to get it right the first time through skill like you basically will have to die several times uh in a certain sequence just to learn like how to die and to, just learn. to learn like okay this is unsafe oh if i am too close to this edge i will be eaten by this monster mm-hmm. and there are a variety of different ways to die like from the beginning as soon as you you emerge in this pool and these tentacles will suck you down if you don't move quick enough right and then there's a beast and then there are these little like poisonous worms that will cut you really just on the second screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what game it actually kind of reminded me of in a lot of ways was, did you ever play Prince of Persia? I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. He moves kind of like Prince of Persia. He does move like Prince of Persia. Yeah. And I actually, at least when he runs. And I actually had Prince of Persia on our Atari ST. So I, oh, I, cool. I had, I, and I played that game a lot. So yeah. 
I love some that game. say it's a great game. And I had so I had there were aspects of it that felt familiar to me. So yeah, totally. There because I and in reading like people writing about this game and mm-hmm. reviews of it, it, I found that there was like a huge split between people who like loved this game um and people who are like this game sucks like the gameplay is too hard yeah um and i and i I was like oh man like am i gonna and i was so i was reading about it like before i even (laughs) played it and i was like what am i gonna think and then as soon as i started playing it i was like i I could see both sides of it i was like yes this is definitely um a super frustrating game in a lot of ways, but I also don't mind that much because I've I've played games like this before. Yeah, I know what you mean. And there was certain there's definitely an addictive quality to it in that sense of like, oh, I'm gonna get it this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna really get close to solving the puzzle. Yeah. And then even when you but the you know, the a big part of the frustration factor is like even when you think you know what to do. Mm-hmm. You still have to execute it with a kind of precision, yeah. uh, a kind of precision that is really, really difficult. Yeah, and I think the thing that's most frustrating to me about the game is the fact that it is is the the shooting because you get a you get a laser pistol pretty early on, and it's really kind of random. Like sometimes your shots will hit a guard. Sometimes they'll just go right past them. And same with you when they're shooting at you. Yes, I noticed and that. It, it, yeah, so it, it can really feel like, okay, I did everything right this time, but I still got hit. There's no real way to make sure that you don't get hit by the laser. I didn't know how I to... I mean, you can, you can do like a, a the force field how... like if you hold down the button, but... Yeah, I had a problem with that. I, I knew how to do standard fire and do like the charge shot, but I didn't really know how to consistently make the force field. Yeah, it's kind of like in between where you hold the button down for just like one or two seconds before it goes to the the charge shot. Yeah, I I had a problem with that. I was not I was yeah. not very good at that. And the the gun can it can run out of power if you use it too much. Yes, I noticed that. And then I found like there was like one spot where I like walked into electricity and I recharged the gun. Right, right. Um and that's another thing about the game. There's no uh HUD or heads up display. Like you don't no, you don't have like a life bar. You don't know how how much your gun is charged. Mm-hmm. You know, so the game kind of gives you very little information, very little feedback of that sort. Yeah, and like I remember, like in the caves, for example, I, yeah, it's just like with these puzzles. It's like you can go so far. Um, mm-hmm. you can spend so much time doing something, and then realize like, oh, there's something I was supposed to do like a ways back. And now I can't yeah. go forward unless I like circle back and do this other thing, um, or a thing that you did too soon that fucks up your route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking of that cave too with that that rock that is kind of like to, to get out of the bottom part of the cave. You eventually have to shoot the rock so that it becomes a ramp. Yes, and yeah, yeah, and you can you could like shoot that thing you know as soon as you get in that tunnel, but then that'll block your route and. Screw everything up for you. Yeah, yeah. No good. Oh man. Yeah. How so far did you did you get in this game? I got. I got. Um, I don't know. I got. I got past the caves. Did you? Did you like uh, blow up that? Did you cause the flood in the caves? I caused the flood in the caves, yeah. and so it chased me uh, back to the beginning. Mm. And then I think that's when you shoot the tilting thing, and you like the 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 rock and then you'd like run up right right um then there's kind of like a fortress area where there's two floors and you see like you've gotten separated from your buddy at some point then you see him like kind of trapped in this this tunnel oh yeah and then you have to run down and you like shoot a chain on a light yeah. and then that now, frees but, him and they can move forward it's somewhere somewhere shortly after that is when i i stopped but that's me that, too <laughs> And I, I feel like I, I, I'm still interested in going back to, to keep going, but I just like, I just like, I, I gotta, I gotta like do the dishes. Right. <laughs> I gotta do the dishes and I gotta, I gotta go to sleep. 
Um, yeah, I yeah around that time I got pretty frustrated with. I think it was really I just kept getting shot, and I was like, I just this gunplay is driving me crazy. So I ended up watching a, a walkthrough at that point, uh, just to see the ending of the game. Mm-hmm. Did you did you do that? Um, I just saw like a little clip of the ending of the game where you like get to the top of a tower and then you like look out of a window and then. I don't know if that's the right part of the game. Uh there is. Well, there is a part where you look out a window that's kind of early on. Oh, maybe but, that's what I'm thinking of. There's something. But there is there is a tower at the end of the game, and you like escape on a dragon. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Yeah, basically, like you and Buddy keep like getting separated and saving each other in different ways. Mm-hmm. And this other guy with red eyes, uh, like punches you out, and you have to crawl over to a lever to incinerate him or something and after you do that he tries crawling to the the dragon but he like collapses and then buddy then saves the day and like carries him and like goes off and you know transports him onto the dragon and they fly off and that's the end of the game oh man yeah it's kind of they've escaped but it's just to what to what end to what end (laughs) what what does the future hold um we also haven't talked about uh matsuba which is the line of dialogue that buddy says to you when you escape from the the cage after you first meet you know i I feel like i was like also listening to like other music in the back i I feel (laughs) like i just missed that yeah i mean there's not a ton of music especially if you're playing the the like I played with the original music, which is like very sparse. Mm-hmm. I think in that that twentieth anniversary edition, there's also there's options I saw. Yeah, so like there's like the CD console version, which is basically what was on the the Super Nintendo and Genesis versions, mm-hmm. which has a lot more music that was added. Um, basically, when I guess Interplay is a company that licensed the game or published the game in the in North America. And they wanted to add a bunch of music, but they also wanted to replace the original music. And he didn't want them to. Right. There's this uh, uh, hypocritical, perhaps, story about um, Eric Shahi sending Interplay and a quote-unquote infinite fax. Did you did you I read about this? I, yes, I saw that, that he sent them. It just kept sending them again and again, just says, keep the original Yeah, um, it's like if music. you were to put like a string of a piece of paper and a fax machine taped together and then taped into a loop and just press send so that it just kept looping around. Um, apparently, he he didn't actually do this or he just threatened to do this until... It's a great story, law- though. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess his... Uh, or Delphine's lawyer came in and so they contractually could not replace the music. Yeah. But it's, it's nice. I hope that I uh, work with a developer that sticks up for me <laughs> in the same way someday. Yeah. I guess you know in the days of of fax, like now now that's that's kind of a it it doesn't have the same impact to like send the same email <laughs> like thousands of times. Yeah, man, fax machines is all different. If you kept getting the same fax again and again until you yeah. run out of paper. Yeah, I guess like once you run out of paper, <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah, if you just like walk into your office the next day and you have like a thousand copies of the same facts you'd be like shaking your fist and be like (laughs) chahi chahi (laughs) Chahi? (laughs) matsuba matsuba um but this game actually uh was a success you know commercially and critically and i think for good reason even though it's super frustrating like i don't know every game was really frustrating and maddening back then right um, and so it went on, you know, it inspired the developers of games like Eco and Metal Gear Solid, uh, Silent Hill. They've all like cited this game as a huge inspiration. And like, I, I don't know, this game had a huge impact on me, too. I remember playing it and whenever I would like download an emulator on a new computer, I feel like this was always one of the first games I would go to. I remember playing it more in college, you know. And so you you beat it. Would you say you beat it multiple times or? I don't know. I might have beaten it once, but when I watched the walkthrough, 
yesterday, it all looked pretty new to me. So uh, I think I got, you know, further than I got this weekend, but uh, I don't think I ever beat it. That's interesting that you went back to it so many times without having beaten it. Yeah. I just kind of like the the art and I like the world. I mean, it's very, we haven't really talked about the atmosphere of the game, which is like, maybe it's because they're like, it's these, you know, two-tone vector graphics. Uh, there's, I don't know, it has this really cool kind of dark atmosphere. That, I don't know, kind of a, like an early 90s, like color palette, sort of like very dark blue purples instead of black. And yeah, there's you know, not that many different colors. Yeah. Red. It's yeah, it's kind a very like X Filesy <laughs> color palette. Yeah, it's a very dark and and limited color palette. Yeah, yeah, and with along with the fact that there's no real dialogue in it, uh, it just kind of contributes to this, this you know this dark lonely world. Yeah, it just it throw yeah. it th- really and it just like you know throws you in without you really just kind of have to figure it out as you go along. So yeah. it's. It's a dark, lonely world of mystery. <laughs> dark, lonely world of mystery. All right. Oh, yeah. We should mention that there's a great documentary about this game that's, I think it's only like 18 or 19 minutes long. Uh, and if you just search YouTube for Another World, The Making of with Eric Chahi, C-H-A-H-I, I don't know. It's a, it's a good watch. He's got all like the old artifacts from the game, too. The documentary is pretty dated at this point, but still at the time he was like, here's the Coke can that I used for like that Coke can scene. Cause that's, you know, a lot of these, crazy. He has these props that he like videotaped to then like rotos, you know, use rotoscoping to, to put in the game. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And the same with the, the laser, I guess was built out of, out of cardboard. It's amazing. Yeah. Chahi man. Chahi. Chahi. And if you want to know more about the history of the game, there's a great episode of uh, the podcast Retronauts that I listened to that kind of gave me more information about the sequel that made me want to watch the walkthrough about it. But yeah, if you just search for that, Retronauts, that's a good one. Anyway, anything else uh, you have to say about Another World slash Out of This World, Eli? Um, no, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's it was frustrating but in a way yeah. that was familiar to me and yeah. Yeah. and i think i am gonna go back and finish it at some point oh cool cool but i you know i i definitely had times when i did have to go to a video to figure out what to do next because i would i would get stuck and i was like i have no idea what to do um yeah i think that's 100 percent okay <laughs> for a game like this and I, I mean, I, I know that there are players, obviously, who excel at figuring out these kind of puzzles with no assistance. Because you know, obviously, back in the day, plenty of people beat this game entirely on their own. Um, and I don't think I'm one of those players. <laughs> I don't think I, yeah, man. I don't think I ever would have been able to do that. And you know, thankfully, now I am able to get help. Yeah, well, even these, like, the puzzles don't really give you a lot of clues either. You really just kind of have to experiment. So, like, I'll go over here and press the action button and see if this does anything. Right, well, that's the thing is, like, I like games where, like, there are clues for you. Like, yeah, like a Zelda uh, game, something. like, gives you, like, something. Yeah, you still feel really smart when you figure out a, Z- a Zelda puzzle. Right. But, yeah. But this really even, is... Even Myst, too, like... Mm-hmm. There are clues if you are looking in the right places. Right. But this really is just like, it's almost like an accident if you if you <laughs> figure it out. Right. And that's not not really my favorite thing. I, I I was proud if I figured something out on my own, and which I did do sometimes in this. Um, yeah. But there were definitely things where I, I got stuck and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. But there were like things that like didn't make like the thing I mentioned earlier where you like shoot the chandelier down and like mm-hmm. somehow that frees Buddy. Yeah. Um, and even after I figured that out, I was like, well, that doesn't really look like that's what would happen. But I guess it did. Yeah. I yeah, because like lo- logistically, I'm not sure why a chandelier would block a passage. Right. 
You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it fell down. Um, I'm circling back, and oh, well, that that thing that was blocking his path is gone now. So I guess A led to B somehow. I don't know why, but it did. <laughs> it is satisfying to go back to that first room and see that he's not there anymore. Yeah, and then you notice, like, then you go to the next, you go to the next screen, and you like catch like a split second of him like rolling down. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that's a cool detail. The, the game does have a lot of cool details like that, even if it kind of mm-hmm. is uh, frustrating to play. Yeah, lots in the in the mm-hmm. caves, lots of like accidentally falling down a passage onto spikes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of spikes. Yeah, it, it once, yeah, it's always frustrating in the game that wants you to be very precise, but then like doesn't give you the tools to be very precise. Yeah, because the, the controls are not... So, which is, you know, again, it's like a thing I had in like Marble Madness is that especially on on the D-pad, the controls just aren't as precise as you need them to be to execute everything in the time that you're given. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, man. Games are rough, man. Yeah, man. It's a hard, hard life playing video games. (laughs) Games be tripping. Games be tripping. What if that's, should that be our um, subtitle or what is it like the, the catchphrase for the podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bit parade games be tripping, <laughs> man. That'll be on the merch. Yeah, well, look for it. <laughs> cool, I like that. Vote for Put the kind of mug. leave some comments on our uh, Instagram and Twitter about the kind of merch you would purchase. Yeah, kind of perch you would purchase. Perch that you would purchase. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, do you think it's time to move on to ratings? Sure, man. Awesome. Well, let's see. What do I want to rate this? Uh, I don't know. I like this game, even though it frustrates me to no end. It, I think, is special. <laughs> and it is, I think it's also important because it clearly had a huge impact uh, on future games. Mm-hmm. So I would say for me, this is a solid eight, um, eight unfair deaths out of 10. <laughs> nice. I, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, even that it being difficult, uh, and not getting super far in it, I, I still see, uh, myself coming back to it. So I would give it, uh, a solid seven out of 10, uh, Chahis. (laughs) I love that. Extra foam. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, now that we've rated the game and talked about it, uh, it begs the question, what makes it sing? That is um that is a great question. Yeah, yeah. I want to uh Uh what does make this game sing? I mean it's it's about it's almost like a space oddity thing in a way, if you think about it, like Oh that's true. Going that out far away. Traveling traveling into space, you know. I do want to pitch something that occurred to me. I don't like to come in, you know, with, with ideas like pre made, but I something occurred to me. Yeah. Or like I just had a, a flash of an idea of what if it was like that phrase Matsuba, but kind of using it like a Hakuna Matata. Like it's it's just a phrase because we don't really know what it means. Like he just says it to you. So I, it probably means like thanks or let's go, but it could mean all those things. So like it'd be. This is a phrase you sing when I, we, we could talk about all the terrible things that can happen to you in the game. Mm-hmm. Like when when a poisonous worm bites your leg, Matsuba. When you swing out of cage and kill a guard, Matsuba. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's bad moon rising. <laughs> it is bad moon rising. <laughs> Same key and everything. <laughs> um well, we're we're uh, kings, I think, of taking two ideas and putting them together. That's true. Because I I had I was think I had this vision of uh, of like an ELO type spacey vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. It's like I'm out of this world, floating through the stars. <laughs> oh no, I like that one. Um, so, C. Yeah, I mean, I just I just randomly put my fingers on C, yeah. but. You know, out of this world, 
floating through the stars Got my alien body with me This place is our zone Mitsuba, Mitsuba <laughs> Mitsuba, Mitsuba It means I love you Mitsuba, Mitsuba It means you're a long way from home Oh, how you gonna do when you find wait what is what is it um the thing that he's building at the beginning of the game oh uh, the particle accelerator yeah. what you gonna do when your particle accelerator blows up on you <laughs> where will you be when the lightning strikes out where you gonna be when the lightning strikes I mean, I don't know how in tune you are with, with like ELO and the way Jeff Lynne sings. I, I know that one song. Uh, that w- That's Mr. Blue Skies, right? Mr. Blue Sky. Oh, man, there's yeah, so that's many. That's the one song I know. There's so many good. You probably know more ELO songs. Oh, probably. Telephone Line. Um, you know, uh, can't, can't Get It Out of My Head. Oh. And it kind of sings like this. I mean, we don't have to base the entire song on a on a band that you don't really know. <laughs> no, that's a good place to start. But um, I ha- I mean, it's it's got Bowie vibes too, so I, I feel like I can tap into that also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely Bowie vibes. But if you like Google like ELO out of the blue, like mm-hmm. the album cover alone, it's like um like a spaceship docking and like their whole vibe oh, is like outer space. It. It's like a spaceship. Like that <laughs> that spaceship is like their whole aesthetic. It's yeah. it's like appears on like multiple albums of theirs when they toured. Like that spaceship was like part of their set. Oh, that's great. It's like, <laughs> I need that to be my whole vibe. Yeah, man. <laughs> what you gonna do when your particle accelerator, oh, it explodes on you and you fall into a wormhole? Oh. <laughs> and you're in a pool. Full of tentacles, tentacles, whoa, they're gonna eat you, and there's a beast, he's gonna eat you too. <laughs> but now you're a prisoner in a subterranean prison, oh, <laughs> it's not a place I'd like to go, oh, oh no, oh no. Um. Oh, Lester Chaikin, <laughs> what you gonna do? Will you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the poison worms will come for you. <laughs> and then the, the caves are flooding slowly. Wow. <laughs> oh, 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 Mitsuba, 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 I love you. <laughs> Rolling through the drains from the, the blast stain. Wow. And does it transform, like, into, like, I don't know, I'm thinking of Mr. Blue Sky kind of having that that play out at the end. Mm. 
we gotta get out of this place, oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but soup up, up, it's a place we've got to go. Soup up, oh. Don't you want to know? Yeah, that's cool. Matsuba, Matsuba, it's time for us to go. Matsuba, Matsuba, to where I do not know. Just kick that guard right in the balls. Kick, kick that guard right in the balls. This one blow with, blow up with a grenade. Kick that guard right in the balls. We'll have it made. You and I, whoa, you and I. Oh, Lester, my best buddy, whoa, Lester, my best buddy, I love you. Even if you even if you get beat up and have to crawl around You know I'm gonna put you on a dragon man, yeah I feel like if I had made it farther in the game I had no more things to sing about I mean, Lester, the thing I like about Lester is that he loves Ferraris and he loves soda pop <laughs> So... Pulling off the top of your soda pop To when you fall into the hole Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Someday I'm gone Someday I'm gonna get there Back to Earth Back to my Ferrari Oh baby, I'm sorry that I left, but there's lots of soda, lots of soda pop. Lots of Mountain Dew in the forest here with you. Fanta 2. Fanta 2. It's like a crazy alien zoo. <laughs> I'm out of this world. Let's toast into another. Oh, buddy, oh, my brother from another alien mother. Oh, 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 Matsuba, Matsuba, Matsuba. Matsuba, Matsuba. It means I got you back. <laughs> yeah. If you got mine, and I got yours, oh Lester, you know we're gonna be fine. We know we're gonna be fine. Yeah, you know we're gonna be fine. And that's why we changed to the. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. It's like the outro. Another world is waiting there for you. Matsuba, Matsuba. Another world is waiting, yeah. Another world is waiting, world is waiting, world is waiting, yeah. Matsuba, Matsuba, Matsuba. No. <laughs> Matsuba, Matsuba. The heart of the alien will go on. <laughs> <laughs>
of the alien. Oh, 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 oh. All right, is that a song? I don't know, man. <laughs> if you can find the song in there, I'll be I'll be deeply impressed. I'm out of this world, floating through the stars. Got an alien buddy. This place is ours. Oh, Matsuba, Matsuba, it means I love you. Matsuba, Matsuba, it means you're a long way from hell. What you gonna do when your particle accelerator blows up on you and you fall into a wormhole? Oh, oh, oh. Then you're in a bow of murder hungry tentacles. You know they wanna eat you, and a dog beast wants to eat you too. Now you're a captive. Subterranean prison Oh, oh, oh It's not a place I'd like to go Lest it shake What you gonna do Far away from your Ferrari And your many fridge of soda The poison worms will come for you The caves are flooding slowly Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Bit Parade. Eli, what do you have to plug? Well, you know, I'm, I'm out there on the socials, so you can look for me on Twitter and Instagram at Eli Bolin. And, uh, you know, it's mostly just me, uh, you know, ranting about <laughs> politics and, uh, you know, entertainment I like. And on my Instagram, you know, cute videos of my kids and stuff. And uh, occasionally if I, you know, got stuff I'm working on, like... Uh, the Bit Parade podcast, I'll be talking about that. 
about you. Wholesome content. But you have something new uh, uh, and exciting to oh, talk yeah, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, in addition to my Twitter and Instagram, which is just at Mike Petri, P-E-T-T-R-Y, I uh, actually am starting a Twitch channel, which I'm primarily going to use for this show. I'll be playing our games on this uh, for this podcast on that channel. Um, also, you know, I might be setting up my PS5 to connect to Twitch too, but that's a whole other thing I got to figure out. But yeah, so I'll be twitching, and I think same thing. My username is just my name, Mike Petri. And uh, but you can also find me at mikepetri.com. Uh, yeah, listen and SoundCloud. I got all. I'm I'm everywhere, baby. I'm out there. <laughs> uh, also, Jank Brain is on PS4. Go play that. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, all the music in this episode is by the two of us. Our cover art is by Nicole Wong, who you can follow on Instagram at underscore nerdfaithartish. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Joel Escher, for recommending this game. Yeah, thanks, Joel. Uh, be sure to subscribe to BitParade on your favorite podcatcher. Please, please rate and review us. This is especially helpful for new podcasts. And tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Yeah. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BitParadePod, P-O-D, and email us your questions or game suggestions at bitparadepod at gmail.com. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in to Bit Parade with Mike Petri and Eli Bolin. We'll see you in two weeks when we tackle Pitfall for Atari and Super Pitfall for NES. Until then, Matsuba! Matsuba.